Howdy, hey. Welcome to the Texans Take. Alrighty. Well, there's not too terrible much that um, to talk about going on here, except that the whole world is getting more expensive. And there's lots of reasons why, and I'm sure everybody knows them, so I don't really feel like discussing that too much. Yeah, like, I see gas prices. It's okay. We don't need to. We don't need to cover that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh... Anyway. <laughs> it's expensive, y'all. Real expensive. And I cannot go buy an electric car, nor will I, so... It's time to get a bike. Oh, Actually, it's funny. We did a... We, now, now I have to say this. So Go we we were talking about it, electric cars and and this and that quality and whatnot, and because uh, whether we want to agree with it or not, there are some good electric cars out there. Sure. There are some really good value, like the Toyota Sienna has one of the best electric and hybrid vehicles. Mm-hmm. You know, for a full capacity vehicle that is on the market. Yeah. The next in that line, if you don't need something that big, is Tesla. I mean, mm-hmm. they make some of the best. longevity as far as like drive time before you have to stop. That's the problem. Yeah. But was really, so we did this little thing because, I, you know, me being in the car business for so long, I was like, I'm curious now. We were all talking about it. So we, we got on uh, Carvana uh, just to look at look up electric cars. And uh, every electric car, Carvana or hybrid that Carvana had on their website was under contract. Really? <laughs> Wow! Everyone they had, I think they had a, a number of eighty six in the in the near three states, and every one of them were under contract pending finance. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know how long hybrids have been around, right? I feel like I'm walking into something, but we'll go ahead. Yes. Since we were walking, I don't know. Since bikes existed. <laughs> A little bit later than that. Like a hybrid car. Like a hybrid car. Well, okay, so if we're going there, I know they made an electric car in 68. Mm-hmm. It was about the size of a go-kart. Yeah. So I'm going to say it was before that. Okay. Probably 63, 64 maybe? That's a good guess. Very far off. Really? Yeah. They've been making hybrids since uh, Ferdinand Porsche built the Lohner Porsche series hybrid car back in 1901. What was that a hybrid of? Electric and... Electric and gas. Same as we have now. Yeah, I know. They took a... uh... An Italian company made a car literally on a golf cart frame Mm -hmm. um, that could go... I think the top out speed on that was like 60 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was was literally smaller than a a smart car. Well, there's a uh, Owens Magnetic, which I know all this because I just watched a Jay Leno video not too long ago. Freaking cool car, man. Does he have one? Well, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He's got everything. Oh, my gosh. That guy is awesome. So there's a a car collector over in Tennessee, and I've said this several times. I think Leno and this guy are in competition just for, like, the car collection because Leno has, he has a lot. Yeah, 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 he does. Yeah, he does. So, hold on. I'm about to show Breaker a picture of the Owen Magnetic. And when you look at it, like, compare it to other cars of that day in looks, anyway. Uh, let's does see. it look better or worse? I'll let you see. 
What do you, well, I mean, tell me what you think so I have a little expectation while I look at it. No. Or do you want me to have no expectation? I want you to have no expectation. That's called an unbiased opinion. Oh, well, I guess, yeah, if you're you're looking for that. But people generally don't ask me for my unbiased opinion. <laughs> That's exactly why you're my friend, Greg. Because I like an unbiased opinion. There is a... Uh... Wow. It looks like any other car of the day. Yeah. Any other car of the day. The only thing I can say is for that age, what what year was that? 1916. Now, mind you, he the curves he on restored that car, it. He restored it. Yeah, the curves on but that that's car what it looked say like brand a new. lot newer than 1916. That's 1916. That's impressive. Honestly, it's, it it does not look bad. It would be something I would I would probably buy if I was a, a collector. That is called an Owens magnetic. Now the question is, was that was that the original color? Because that was pretty. I don't know about the original color. I'm not really sure actually what the original color was. Um, Mostly but, what they did was black back then. So maybe uh, that was a Ford thing. Ford was black. Ford and, did black uh, and Mercedes did black. Yeah. Ford actually said, you know, you can have any color you want. So long as it's as black. long as it's black. <laughs> uh, they have changed their opinion on that. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, well <laughs> he didn't change his opinion. No, <laughs> his, no, uh, he didn't change. The his Ford line, Motor Company yeah. did much later in life. But no, all those curves on there, they, they, they've had curves like that on cars since, you know. They have, but it looks sleek around. on that one. That's my it look. It looks sleek. It looks very good. It's very nice. But yeah, boy, I tell you what, that one's magnetic. That is so cool. So let me just read you a little bit of this. We were struggling for an intro. I found one. <laughs> but uh, so this is just blow you Hybrid away. cars. We just went here. Hybrid cars. Um. So, like I said, Porsche built the first, uh, the I guess his hybrid series back in 1901. I don't know if it was first, but it's his. He used a gas engine to spin a generator that fed electricity to in-wheel motors. So, not much has changed. Not much has changed. In 1917, the Woods Motor Vehicle Company of Chicago offered the Woods Dual Power, a, seal, a series hybrid that could uh, motor along at speeds of well, less than 15 miles an hour, solely on battery power. Um... And See, we use braking regeneration now as a as an as an engineered. Um, we do, yes, yeah. So it's it's a little different, but the concept is the same. I'm no? shaking my head at you, Brig, because no? they use Owens uses uh, electric braking, and it charges the battery still, still okay. in 1916. So, uh, but but it, this is from Jay Leno. This popular popular. I wonder. Mechanics. I wonder how the. But I think in 1916, the Owen Magnetic uh, might be the most interesting early hybrid of them all. Now, mind you, this thing was freaking expensive. All right. So in 1916. Well, back then, yeah. In 1916, this cost uh, an Owen's Magnetic cost uh, three thousand seven hundred dollars. <sighs> now, how much did a Ford cost? Like an average Ford, like your affordable man's car. Three hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah. So it cost over ten times. Add back inflation to that. What's the value of the dollar then? Uh, well, think about it. Th oh my gosh. Well, I can, I, I just looked. I'm up not sure. Something. But else think about an day. average an average car, a decent car. Now well, let's say on. twenty thousand dollars. You said it was three thousand. How much? Three thousand seven hundred. Okay, back in nineteen sixteen. While you're looking that up, uh, magnetics technological leap was electromagnetic transmission. Invented by the wonderfully named Justice B. Entz, an electrical engineer from New York who once worked with Thomas Edison. Magnetic transmission co uh, compactly housed both a 24-volt generator and an electric traction motor. The crankshaft of a 75-horsepower gas engine was
was attached to the generator, which sent juice to the traction motor, which in turn powered the rear, rear wheels. This was no mechanical connection between the engine and the drive train. Now this, I hope so, this probably sounds foreign to a lot of y'all, but this is so freaking cool to me. And Brig, I think Brig is really no, interesting. Yeah, I, Keep I, going, read, read, read. The uh, the value of three thousand dollars. I just figured even numbers were easier. Sure. Uh, the value of three thousand dollars in nineteen sixteen, adding back inflation, is about eighty thousand dollars. Okay, so think about. <laughs> well, go go to four thousand. What's four thousand? Because this is three thousand seven hundred, so four thousand, three thousand seven hundred. I did. 4, I did this the other day because we were t- we were watching uh, we were watching the movie. Um, uh, oh gosh, what's it? Blow with Johnny Depp. Yeah, about the drug dealer, and and when he he talked when he was narrating, he talked about like how much money he was making. I was like, that's really not a lot, but I wonder what it was back then. Yeah, and it it, it was I think he was it was like 70 grand or 60 grand. It didn't sound like a lot. Like it wasn't, it wasn't drug dealer quality. I was like, what was that? Almost 600 grand. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well you got me. Yeah. So the value of four grand was about one Oh seven. Yeah. See that that's about right. That's about right. Isn't that crazy? I mean, you got to think one Oh seven will buy you. I mean, if we're talking like a production vehicle, uh, you're, you're going to spend that on a Mercedes. Yeah. So, so check this out. You'll think this is really cool. One could argue that in 1916, hybrids made even more sense than they do today because early manual transmissions were such a bear to operate. They were. Most cars they of the were all era geared. had I mean, straight cut gears and heavy clutches. If you're a man or a woman with a bad leg, you simply weren't able to drive, shift, double clutch at the same time. The Owen Magnetic was the perfect vehicle since it had no clutch or gear shifter. To go faster, you press on the gas and move uh, a steering wheel mounted lever along six speed de- uh, uh, detents. And basically, in order to go faster, you just move a lever. Um, as you accelerate, the engine speed increases, and that in turn speeds up the generator enhancing power. Each successive lever position increases the intensity of the motor's magnetic field and torque compared with uh, uh, operating most early cars driving the own, own magnetic is a breeze. Now, these things could these things could fly along at, you know, 60, little over 60 miles an hour. That Back in 16, 1916, that ain't bad. That ain't bad at all. You know, the uh, car's other advantage was its electric brake. There's a cockpit lever that turns a traction motor, the one that drives rear wheels into a generator. So when it's time to slow down, you move the lever, mm-hmm. and the resistance provided by the motor slows the car and charges the battery, the same kind of regenerative mode that's found in today's hybrid. That is crazy. I wonder how it's changed because I know it has changed. Yeah, um, um, oh, computers. Um, is that all though? Is that is that the oh, only? There's some more of that, more than that. But man, I tell you, the technology is pretty much the same. The same basic. Beast. You know, that's that's the that's yeah. one of the big differences between now and a hundred years ago is mm-hmm. computers. It really is. As yeah. soon as computing became a big thing, you know, as soon as computer computing, it just it just speeds up. It speeds up our. Um... See what a lot of people. What a lot of people don't realize. And I say this because it, it, it's fundamentally true. It's a little different. So all of y'all who are about to quote me and go, "That's not the same." It, uh-huh. it is. Um, you know, the manual transmissions in in that era were very similar to the way tractors operate today. Yeah, the gearing is about the same as far as heavily geared. They're very die cut. Like they are what they are. Unless you get some of the higher end, I know some higher end tractors now, but I'm talking 
10 years ago when I was using a tractor pretty regularly, that's the way it still was. Yeah. So I'm yeah. sure things have changed for all of y'all who are about to jump at me. Yeah. It's I know things have changed, but that basic thing, just imagine that in a car. Yeah. And and that's kind of what you're looking at. I think the big thing that changed is probably hydraulics in that one. Hydraulics, yeah. And I don't know when that changed, but it was definitely, definitely oh, not. It yeah. probably it, I want to say it was probably in the era of the 40s. Yeah. Because I think the 49 Ford that is most well known as being the Bonnie and Clyde car mm-hmm. was one of the first to have hydraulic brakes, which made it, or uh, had the hydraulic clutch, which made it faster. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the reasons they couldn't catch him. Huh. <laughs> is because he, he didn't have to do as much as some of the other cars. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the other cars, especially like police cars and such, were older models because obviously government wasn't spending that much in, in police cars. Mm-hmm. And so his brand new Ford, you know, had the updated clutches and everything. And that was another reason uh, from what I've read. I mean, that's so I want to say somewhere in the 40s is probably when they started yeah, yeah. at least experimenting with hydraulic clutches. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And if you think about it, you know, this thing could max out at maybe 60 plus something. Or other. Yeah. But, you know, which was still fast for that day. I fast mean, for, that's, that's pretty fast. A lot of them were going 50 anyway. So, I mean, um, but if you think about it, a hybrid now. We'll max out at maybe a hundred or something like that. That's close to twice the speed. So, I well, mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, technology has definitely got better. But if you think about it, it's the same basic technology. And, They're just making some minor improvements. And I don't and hate on electric and hybrid cars. I do because I, I know we don't have this. We don't have the ability to, you know, actually activate and and cons. Um, have a consistent flow of that on our grid. Yeah. If we yeah. could actually find a way to make our grid be able to power that, honestly, it would be awesome. Well, that's basically would that'd be, be that'd be mainly for electric cars. Yeah. Yeah. The hybrid cars, hybrid cars don't really need. Well, it. The, well, I, what I'm saying is the electric cars would have a longer lifespan, from yeah. what I understand. Yeah. That way, now with a hybrid, you know, the the problem, and I've seen this, I don't know, in in today's hybrids, mm-hmm. is the longevity is just not great. It's not. Uh, it's, it's not, not great. Not. I mean, it's great while it lasts, but you got to think you're you're only getting use out of the hybrid battery for about eighty thousand miles. That's about yeah. when the hybrid battery yeah. starts giving out. Um, and I know firsthand a lot of those hybrid batteries are they're four grand. So if, if one of your batteries goes out and you have to replace it, and mm-hmm. then you have to wonder, is it worth the cost? Yeah. Could you yeah. just buy another? Could you just have a down payment on another vehicle at that point? Yeah. And have a brand new vehicle with a warrant. You know what I mean? And there's a fact of the matter that, you know, not only are they making hybrids that maybe don't last quite as long, but you could make them last a lot longer if they didn't have to meet our everyday motor vehicle speed and acceleration right. requirements. Right. You know, when we when, when a car moves, we want it to move. You know, when I when I say go, I want it to hop. You know, yeah. and when I say stop, I want it to stop. And that's one thing I can say the Teslas and their full electrics, they have that down pat. Oh yeah. My goodness, they do. And if I want a car to go fast, if I want a car to go, you know, uh, go, uh, 80, 90 miles an hour, I wanted to be able to do that, you know? And this car back here, this, you know, 1916 Owen magnetic, they would never have that demand on the car. Max they're going is maybe 60, you know? And so, their longevity is um, going to be different. Longevity is different. And back in that day, man, they they put their little hearts into building cars back then. They really did. Oh, they they did. built a car back then. They built it to last. 
Yeah. And this Owens, you know, the only reason that... Well, it, and they didn't make as many of them either. They weren't, like, mass-produced like they are today. Well, the Fords were. Well, yes, but they didn't start out that way. That's Well... The Fords started out very small and rapidly increased. Rapidly increased, So they increased, did not... Yeah. They, they, but, like, this 1916 Owen, to, to make your point... Yeah. They only made 700 of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that was, I think, I think like, when Ford started, they made even less. Like, it was, and this it was one, very... This one was probably garaged back in like the 40s or 50s or something and just left there to rot for another 60 years until Jay Leno got it. And he said he didn't do anything to the engine. The engine is pretty much stock. And when I say stock, what I mean is he didn't clean it. He didn't overhaul it. He just, I mean, he cleaned it. He didn't overhaul it or anything. It pretty much just like made the outside look good and have it run. There's only 9,000 miles on the engine. That's crazy. You know, um, but uh, yeah, he really didn't have to do too much mechanically to fix the car up. Now, I think the electronics, maybe maybe he had to do a little something. Right. But, um, you know, he's like, if this car wasn't just left like it was, you know, they probably trashed it because there's, you know, car technology was a lot faster. I mean, this thing doesn't pick up speed very quickly, right. you know. Um, but anyway, well, we're going to take a break right here and we'll be right back. All right. We are, we back are back. All right. So, wow. I hope nobody so get your cigar out and get your drink out. And let's right. have get some conversation conversation that's right that's right hope y'all didn't fall asleep during all that hybrid electric car talk well i mean not everyone's an engineer that you know studies electric so you know that's true if you did fall asleep i hope you slept well but we're back now i mean sleep so. is good i'm not sleep gonna, is I'm not good gonna, sleep I'm, is I'm really sleep. good i i encourage i i uh, i, good I, I encourage you to sleep not on the podcast but hey if our podcast helps you sleep then go for it you know you know i <laughs> <laughs> You've you've did you listen or did you read the Matthew Walker book uh, Why We Sleep? I listened to you know that I love that intro at the beginning it's where like he's like I understand that you book. might fall asleep and if that's the way it happens I'm glad it happened that's right I will take that at least you were sleeping that's right that's right <laughs> I was listening to that going well well here goes good night now the problem was I could easily see myself following asleep to the guy's voice yeah. And so I only listened to the book when I was in the car. Yeah. I only listened to it when I was to and from work because I knew if I tried to sit down in my recliner or something at the house, we'd be done. Well, the sad thing is, is it, um, it, I felt like I was tired and sleepy while reading the book, but it didn't help me sleep better at night. No, just as weighing on my conscience, I was like, I'm a terrible guy. I don't get enough. Sleep. Yeah, no, I'm next next to sleep. the Bible, it's got to be one of the most like, yeah, soul jerking books I've ever had the experience to read. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you want to get firsthand told everything you do wrong in life, read the book. Yeah. Also, if you want to like live longer, read, read the, book. the book. Shout out <laughs> to Why We Sleep. Yeah, Matthew walker i don't know what he's he's yeah. the head of the sleep center at uc berkeley still yeah. Yeah. yeah he actually started it so but still there you go there you go you know. well uh not hey. what we're talking about today. no no we not, are not we are about. talking about like you know 
living longer, kind of like forever, but yep, you know. Yep, yep. So uh, what what is the question? So the question of today is, yeah, I don't have that. Uh, is, can you lose your salvation? Ooh, that's a big question. Now this topic, I think, um, it's funny because I, I, was, I was sifting through topics and I, I probably looked through... Um, I was a little ill-prepared on this one, so I was trying to find one that I already, uh, selfishly, I wanted mm-hmm. to find something that I already knew a little bit about. Well, there you go. Uh, and it took me a while, because I was I was digging through lots of, I found lots of good topics, by the way, so there will be very deep stuff coming. Oh, yeah. But it did take me a while to figure out what would be uh, a good thing to cover for everyone, like a question that we really do struggle with, that we could help maybe remedy some of those struggles sure, and have something that I have to do a little preparation. For. <laughs> yeah, so this just yeah. happened to be one um, yeah. is, you know, can you lose your salvation? Can you? It's, I Stuart, mean, Stuart did the legwork. I'll tell you today I was, I was not in the headspace to do legwork. So thank you, Stuart for uh, no kind of putting this together. It's um, the first thing that I pulled up today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You weren't supposed to say that. Just yeah, just take the compliment, roll with it. No, no, like, no. I'm like not. my dad always said, say thank you and move on. Don't tell. Like I, I had, a, I always had a bad habit of this. Like you know, somebody would say, oh, your shirt looks so nice today, and I'd go, yeah, mom ironed it. And dad just like stop. Just <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. you. Don't and move ha- on. Like you, it was a compliment, and you're trying. Like I have a bad habit of that. You give me a compliment, I'm like, oh, you know, my my humility goes into overdrive, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, it's, it's not like that, you know. Uh, don't compliment me. I have a bad thing about compliment. I don't know. I've always been like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a problem. So when I now I notice it in other people too. Well, it's, it's like kinda, don't just yes. It was kind of funny, you know. My my, <laughs> my friend Zeke before everybody had like intelligent phones and stuff like that. He had a flip phone that he could get online with, and this was, you know, way, way, oh, way I back had one when. Of those. And, you know, I didn't draw the connection that he could actively get online whenever he wanted to. And so we'd be talking about stuff, and we'd have friends over, and Zeke would be there, and we'd start talking about something and be like, well, gee, I wonder how we do this and this and this, or I wonder how this and this and this works. And Zeke would go, well, actually, it works this way. He'd give me some in detail stuff. I was just like, but the whole time he was sitting there like, Texting on his phone, and I was just like, "Dude, that's good. How do you know that?" He's like, "Oh, you know, I just know things," and <laughs> I just looked it up on my phone. I was like, "Oh, well, okay. Well, thank you for the honesty." He's like, "I know, I know, I know. I should have just rolled with it, but I didn't." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, sometimes it's like, you know, wow, you know a lot about that. Yeah, I looked it up five minutes ago. Uh, I mean. We we both do a lot of studies. Like we don't we don't shoot from the hip a lot. Uh, yeah, unless it's something that we already have talked about for days on end, which we've had those too. Like we both know a lot about stuff, and it's like, yeah, this topic's pretty well versed in our our daily life. So we'll just go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and then, but but now you know we're kind of reaching out to more controversial topics. Sure. And Even controversial within Christian circles. Not right, like, right, know, yeah. right. So in in that sense, it does take just a little more understanding because one Christian does think differently about this than another. You know, there's there's topics that even Christians can't agree on. And when I say 
and when Briggs says don't agree on, we mean like reading the same text. Yeah, no, no. Reading the exact same thing, we just don't see the same thing. And, and some, sometimes it's the supporting text because the Bible interprets the Bible, you know. So it's right, right. And, and sometimes people don't go to those. Ex- so with those controversial topics, we're going to be getting pretty deep. I have I have a list of things that uh, yeah, boy, it's going to be coming. So y'all, y'all be prepared. So, edge of your seat type stuff. But today, I do feel like this is something that a lot of people, and I will say, prefacing, the preface, the preface. Af- after the preface. That's right. Is um the preface. The preface. Preface sounds I had like a, breakfast and I like breakfast. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. We can we can always eat. <laughs> um I had sushi for breakfast this morning, so I mean, you know. Well, I'm, jealous. I'm, well, I mean, Alyssa knows how to make sushi now, so I just have it all the time, which is what's for breakfast, awesome. baby? Sushi. Sushi. Oh, okay. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get up early today. Anyway, so uh being that this is something that I think a lot of Christians actually do have that. I don't want to say that it's a controversial. I think what it is, because it is a controversial topic, but it's mm-hmm. not really. I think it only plays and really weighs on people's minds when you haven't been raised in a church. Oftentimes, New Christians, yes. older, like older, older gentlemen and ladies that become Christians later in life this is a struggle for them because now they have this great and wonderful thing and they're afraid they're going to lose it. Yeah. Because, and you find this in a lot of people, I mean, sin is betrayal. So, I mean, people that have been betrayed, been, you know, broken people, which covers all of us. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that tends to be a stronghold later in life. So these, these older um, aged Christians that become Christians later in life, they tend to struggle with this a little bit more. And the reason is because, They've got a good thing, and they just—they're afraid to lose what they have. That's right. Um, and, and you see this with people who have discovered loss, like lost spouses, lost loved ones. They, they, their whole life has maybe revolved around loss, and they don't want to lose Jesus. Yeah. So there's that. There's that stronghold that they're so afraid to do this, and you accidentally get worked up into the works-based religion right. yeah. type yeah. thing. Works-based you know. Righteousness, yeah. Um. But I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Stuart go ahead and read a couple things because honestly, what he found, I could I could start going into it, but I feel like we should read a little bit maybe of this. And well, then the thing that I'm so happy about with well, what I found here is that for especially the deep topics, you know, it's really important um, to read scripture. Okay, so it's you know you could say wow. Van Til believes this. You know what? Calvin over here believes this. Let me tell you what Martin Luther has to say about this. And I'm like, guys, 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 guys. I I agree that these guys probably have great, you know, knowledge about scripture and they quote each other. Sometimes the Bible speaks for itself. And they have really good wisdom. They're able to take the word of God and they're able to pull a lot of things from it and extrapolate and whatever. Extrapolate. Ooh. Big word, right? So Wow. Yeah. I like it. And so, uh, but there's some things that the Bible talks a lot about. You know, sometimes the Bible says something once or twice, and that's where you get your philosophers, you get your um, your big Bible scholars, you know, you get all of your theologians, and they're like, well, the Bible says this here and this here. That's really all it talks about. And so we need to find other scriptures to talk about this a little bit more and just try to, like, pull as much as we can out of it and sometimes it's not crystal clear 
And that's where your theologians is like, thank you so much for you guys, because it's a hard topic. And, you know, but there's other things in, in scripture that God says over and over and over and over and over. And those things, it's, you know, you should always start with the Bible, but you can pretty much just talk scripture and have a good answer, you know, just because God says it so much. I think this is one of those topics. So mostly what we'll read here is actually scripture. Y'all, I did not just write all this. I did not put all this out. I found this on BibleReasons.com slash losing dash salvation. Oh, yeah. Slash losing dash salvation slash. Uh, so if you can pull up the same information. Um, but I thought it was really well uh, uh, lined out here. Um, so I want to say thank you to BibleReasons.com. Shout out to you guys. We're using your information here. Uh, we hope it helps somebody, and they would hope so too. So um, anyway, so I'm just going to read some of their uh, their filler text here. It's pretty good. Um, Bible verses about losing salvation. And this is an incredibly long page, so I doubt we'll get to all of it today, but hopefully we can hit the highlights. Many people ask questions like, is eternal security biblical? Can Christians lose their salvation? The answer to these questions is that a true believer can never lose their salvation. They are eternally secure. Once saved, always saved. And that's something that a lot of Christians say. Once saved, always saved. I believe that. Brig believes that. You got to defend that in some way. There's a lot of people that do not believe that. Okay. And I will I will say, and there's a lot of really good Christians too that I love and hold dear and are indeed actual Christians that do not believe once saved, always saved. But keep going. I'm sorry. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, you, you, that was that was what I was going to intro. No, that that's sorry. what I was going to initially say anyway. So okay. you just you just okay. kind of hit that. Hit, but, the, hit, hit hit the nail harder, break. Go yeah, for it. Yeah, exactly. But also something that um, I think needs to be noted, and I I don't, I'm speculating a little bit, but I know some of it mm-hmm. is a. The Catholic Church is built on this. Very much so. This is why we have confession-based. But what I was going to really get at is this is really why Martin Luther did become who he was. The whole beginning of the Reformation. The whole beginning of the Reformation is the idea that you just have to to just keep confessing because you you you, you have that one sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And so... Well, when you get lost in that trap, mm-hmm. because it is a trap, you it know, is, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like uh, it's like a drug because we all love salvation. We all yeah. love the idea itself, everything about it. We just love it. It's because it's great, yeah. you know, that a sinful world can be saved from its damnation. Like we yeah. love that. Redemption. How, however, when you start going into, but because of that, you owe a little of this, you owe a little of that. Yeah, then it yeah. becomes, well, I have to work harder to be better. Yep. And if I'm better, am I going to get more? Am I going to get to not lose my salvation? Am I going to get, you know, you start running on that chapter. Yep. And that's kind of what the Catholic Church is built off of. I and mean, so yep. you do find certain versions of denominations and. Folks, every denomination believes something different. It's yep. fact of the beast. That's just what it is. But there are certain ones that do teach you can lose your salvation. Yep. Even if they teach it loosely by not talking about it or talking about it just enough that you have questions and you don't get answers. I've, I've also been in churches where they, they kind of lean. I've, I've been guests at churches, not I've yeah. been a part of, but I've been guests at church where they kind of lean towards 
you know, if you don't come up and confess your sins, you're just gonna, and you know. That's... And, and I'm going, uh, uh, but hold, hold all of the horses right now. And I love... That doesn't make sense. I absolutely love <laughs> all my Baptist friends out there. Yeah, it, and it's a thing in the Baptist. But it I really will is. say that is where the Baptist church and the Catholic church are very, very, very close. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that just because you're this way with the... the and I'm not the, saying that Some of the Episcopal in, churches are that way too. And I'm not saying that everything about Catholicism is wrong. No, 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 no. I no. love my Catholic friends too. And I believe... I believe that my Catholic friends are Christian. I really do. Um, but what I will say is that where I think that they err together is baptism. I mean, Baptists and Catholics together is that the Baptists have that same kind of confessional, you know, get up to the front, confess your sins, which is good. You should confess your sins, but they believe that you can't confess all of your sins enough and that if you don't do enough, you won't be saved or... Right. You know, and that's not all and that's, Baptist. And that's that's not all Baptists you know? either. I'm, I'm, I'm but, not trying to make a blanket statement here, but a lot of Baptists are with the Catholics in that if you don't work for your salvation, then you won't be saved. And you have to work yourself through salvation. And anyway, I was going to say we're going to take a break right here. We'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> All right, we are back. We are back. So I'm just going to give you a couple of quotes here, and then we're going to dig into God's Word. Oh, sorry. Old man man um, stuff. Money, money, oh, money. Oh, it popped. We're good. Are you good? Okay, good. You know when you want to have to do CPR on your knee. I have this bad habit of thinking I'm, like, still a teenager, and I kind of put my my ankle under my right thigh and sit in that kind of under cross-legged position, and then it starts to hurt, and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Any yeah. of y'all who ever are familiar with uh, Hank the cow dog, it's like I feel like oh, Dro- I feel like Drover. Oh my leg, oh my leg, Hank, oh my leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand Drover's pain deeply. Okay, so this is from Doctor John MacArthur. He says, "If we could lose our eternal salvation, it wouldn't be eternal." It's an mm. inter- interesting point. If you could lose your salvation, you would. MacArthur Ooh. actually pretty much impressed me also as a as a person. Mm-hmm. I didn't think very highly of him until the COVID situation. Yeah. In which he basically was like, if you're going to arrest me for preaching, you know where my church is. Yeah, yeah. Have at it. <laughs> okay, so, and uh, Paul Washer says, if a person professes faith in Christ and yet falls away or makes no progress in godliness, it does not mean that he has lost his salvation or reveals that he never truly converted. That I agree with fully. Okay, so let's let's do this. Let's let's read some of this. It says, uh, "Think about this. Why would it be called eternal salvation if you can lose your salvation? Uh, if we can lose our salvation, then it wouldn't be eternal." Is Scripture wrong? So let's let's read their Scripture behind this. First um, John five thirteen says, "I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life." John three fifteen sixteen, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John five twenty four. I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment but has passed from death to life. Okay. So here we're talking about eternal life, 
talking about eternal life. We're talking about eternal life. So eternal life is mentioned several times here. Um, and then anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. There it is again. And will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Okay. So uh, that's just the idea of whatever's going on here is eternal. Okay, and etern eternal doesn't always mean from the begin, you know, from uh, eternal in both directions. Eternal can start from a point and go eternally on after that. Um, but um, you know, God is eternal in both directions, right? Um, I feel like we're kind of eternal from a point on, or from whenever. Um, well, I guess we could be considered eternal too. From our existence here on Earth, is, yeah, I mean, because starts at a point, but God ordained has been thinking about us for a while. Yeah, now. I mean, because we're ordained, you know, to to be part of God. Yeah, from the time that we exist. So I'd say from the time we exist on, yes. And so something really important here it says, "I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life." Um, and so that's saying, if you truly believe him, if you hear Christ's word and truly believe God who sent Christ, who is God, has eternal life and will not come under judgment. That sounds very eternal. That doesn't sound like, you know, if you believe in me today and you come back next week and like, I'm not so sure about this God, it's not like. Yay, 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 yay. Oh, never mind. He's out. Now, from our, I want to say something here. From our perspective, that's exactly what it looks like. From our perspective, somebody can be Christ, 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 off. Christ, 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 off. And you never really know, which is why God's the only one that sees the heart. If we did, then we'd be judging people left, right, and center. We'd send everybody to you know where. Um,. But he, God we sees do not the heart, speak of. and He what knows. That? <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the, the Harry Potter. He line. who shall not be named. He who shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> but I believe what's going I'm on sorry, here is. Sorry, y'all just found out what a nerd I am. I'm yeah. sorry. God sees you in your entirety. He sees your heart, and so He can, with confidence, say, "If you truly believe Him who sent, who sent Christ, and has eternal life, and will not come under judgment, but is passed from death to life." All right, let's go and continue on. Um, it says here, it was God's purpose. Would God, If it was God's purpose, would God go back on his promise? Would God predestine somebody to be saved and then unsave them? No, God chose you. He will keep you, and he will well, work okay, your life so until the end to make you more like Christ. As a good argument for that, has God ever gone back on one of his covenants? Ooh, no. Like, like, not even ever. Not even ever. Um, so... We've talked about this before, and I think this is a good a good moment to to argue this point because it is a, a covenant with God, right? Yeah. Um, God's not the one that breaks the covenant. No, no. In fact, in the history of never ever has it been God. So, God blessing you with the eternal life, God giving you that grace. He's not gonna. This is not Indian giving session. Yeah. Now, there's times where God said, you know, uh, lots in the Old Testament, like if you do this. I will bless you, mm -hmm. which means if you stop doing that, 
you're going to not get the blessing and it's not going to be good for you. And he punishes people several times after that. Right. But that's not, but that's the not way what we're talking works. about. When God right. says later on, I will save you. I will save you. You will be saved by me. And he doesn't offer any alternative. That's all there is to it. You know, and, and it's very, it, it's very in the way that you would like think about Nicodemus, you know, he broke it down for Nicodemus the way you would break it down to a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And that's truthfully the way we have to look at, at salvation. Yeah. It, it is that gift. Are you going to take a gift from a five-year-old that you just <laughs> gave him? No. Uh, no. No, you're not. You know, it's yeah. a gift. It is literally that God. God, it, it's God a, is not an Indian God, giver. Yeah, it's this is not the way it works. Yeah. And so if he gives you that, you also can't lose it like there's yeah. there's that it's it's really because the only way you would ever be able to even slightly lose it is if you follow that line of works-based salvation yeah. in which well if i don't do as good tomorrow i'm not gonna be saved well yeah it's, it's not the way that it's works. not a business deal it's a it's gift not. with a business that deal, is the best way to put it it is yeah. we're, we're not in the middle of a business deal this is not you know yeah this is this is purely one-sided this is god saying i died for you so i'm gonna take you and you don't have a choice over it you're a little toddler you can't help yourself i'm gonna do everything for you now whether you like it or not have you ever held a toddler oh my gosh those little guys are just annoying Sometimes, okay, they're incredibly cute, okay? But let's talk about like- They a little, are annoying. Let's talk about not a toddler. Let's go before that. Let's go with like a baby, okay? Have you ever held a baby before that's sitting there like stretching and flipping and flopping and you drop it? I've dropped my little sister before. Shame on you. I've, I might be what's wrong say, with her. I don't know. I can actually say I've never dropped a baby. Well, good for you. I the 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 twins when they were really little um were you holding both of them when you dropped one no no but they would just like all right i'm flopping now flop they flop all over the place and you're sitting there trying to hold this baby and they just flop right out of your arms and fall no, on the ground Ad- and Adeline, start crying and i'm like you did this to yourself you know i feel really bad but Adeline at the same time, did that all the time and I, I got to the point where i was like okay the kids until you know everyone's a little older and more mature <laughs> The kids don't need to like unsupervised hold the baby. Like we're not yeah, picking yeah. up the baby at random. Like if that's just yeah. not okay, because we're gonna end up with somebody being hurt, and I'm just not okay with dealing with that. So let's just not. Yeah. So yeah, for that reason that they do it. It's like, have you ever seen a fish trying to get some oxygen? <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um. So anyway, what God is giving you, He's. I not- only. I only say this because we, I have to go back to that expression. So yeah. time out, go back a little bit. So I, I, I took Lila fishing oh. last week. Yeah. And for the first, and we've gone fishing numerous times, right? Yeah, yeah. First time she's caught anything. And I told her, I told her at the beginning of this, if we catch something, we'll take it home. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll take it. We won't do the catch and release thing. So we get home and, and in her mind, apparently she thought I was telling her she could keep it as a pet. Yeah. I, I was not. Oh, the fish was this big. I had already taken the, I had yeah. already taken the effort to bring yeah. it home, and I'm like, "Baby, it's a small fish." I was under the impression that you understood we were going to devour this thing, and so, tom, tom. yeah, and so, Lila left. I told her I was like, I would let it live today, and so I, I get, you know, even, I think that's what they call a misunderstanding. Even, yeah, it was a, it was a big <laughs> misunderstanding. So anyway, evening comes, 
Dude, the debacle I had with this fish. This is a great story. We're going to time out for just the story. I had no problem eating a fish, okay? I've cooked and cleaned many fish in my life. It's so we're we're dealing with a little bitty bluegill. He's really not even like eating worthy, but I'm going I've already got him here and apparently Lila and I I thought it was exciting cuz she thought we were, we were going to eat the fish. She thought we were going to have the fish as a pet. Very mm. big misunderstanding. I'm not keeping the bluegill yeah. as a fit, uh, as a pet, you know. And so Lila left. I'm like, okay, well, I've got a fish in a cooler that's swimming around. So we've got to deal with this issue um, because I'm not just like going back to Lake Julian and breaking in at 12 o'clock. Like this isn't happening. So uh, (laughs) so I I get ready and I, and I hadn't froze the fish, so he's not dead. Okay. So I'm, I just like left him in a bowl. And Alyssa's like, you're just going to watch him die. I'm like, what do you, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to put him in a closet and let him die there? Like when he dies, we eat him. Like that's the way it works. The way this way works. food works. And so he's flipping and flopping and flipping and flopping. And, and she's like, and, and and I was like, Oh, well I really need to clean him. Right. This, this is such a mistake because he quit flopping. And I was like, okay. I waited. I was like, okay, we got to clean him. <laughs> I take him over to the, I take him over to the, the, the sink and I'm, Clean any off, clean all the slime off so I can actually, you know, knife the scales off, right? Um, and, okay, this is time out for anyone who, the graphic stuff coming next. <laughs> so if you're not okay with that, now is the time to not listen to this part. Just skip forward a little bit. Uh, anyway, so going back to my story. So I've got this little, like, nothing fish in my hand, and he flies out of my hand. Oh. And then he goes right down the garbage disposal. Oh! Oh, son! And so I'm looking at this going, Ah! Oh. I looked over to Alyssa. I was like, babe, we have, a, we have a, a rather... We have a problem. The fish picked the easy way out, didn't he? Like, all drains lead to the ocean. He went gill style into the... Um, now, mind you, I have to say... Alyssa is the one that when the garbage disposal messed up and I wasn't at home, the girl fixed it herself. Okay. So she's, she knows the workings of this garbage disposal in depth. And so she goes, okay, I'm going to get him. I'm like, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm not going to, I've seen way too many horror movies. We're not watching you put your hand down the, the garbage disposal. I'm just going this way. So she's down there like getting all his fins unstuck from the, you know, tangs of the garbage disposal and brings him out like, yeah, he's good. And so I put him back in the bowl. Wait, the fish was still alive. Yeah. Sitting there bouncing around inside the garbage. Yeah. Cause he, he was, he was not dead. Like the garbage disposal wasn't on. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was on. no, 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 no. And so I put him back in the bowl and she's just she like, me go oh, so you're just going to watch him die now. She's like, babe, he's made a valiant effort to survive at this point. And then she started guilt tripping me and I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll take you back to Lake Julian in the morning and release the dead thing, you know, put him back in the, anyway, fish didn't end up surviving. <laughs> um, because that was a lot of stress for one little fish. Uh, but anyway, I also didn't get to eat him. So win-win, I guess. Lila got her wish. I didn't eat the thing. Meanwhile, we always know from now on, we don't catch and keep with Lila. We catch and release with Lila. 
and then Brick Bri- goes Lyle fishing later. Laser. Yeah, Brick goes <laughs> fishing later for food. Um, so anyway, back to the story. Just wow. that, that that caught That's me. Crazy. I rabbit trail, Man, but that my was... mind was like into the garbage. I was like. Well, that's one less fish to worry about. It's like, that's like, go ahead and can it now. No, but I mean, the garbage is supposed to last teeth. So he got like stuck in there uh, and he's like flipping and flopping, yeah. you know, and of course pulling him back out is hard because he went in normally, yeah. you know, head first. And so when you're trying to pull him back out, you got to get all the, the fins going yeah. yeah, back down the direction. Anyway. So wow. we're going to take a break right here and we will uh, we'll talk some more about something other than the fish in just a moment. We'll be right back. We are back. back. All right. Anyway, no more fish currents. That's currently what we're not talking about. We're not currently talking We're about fish. We're not currently talking about fish. Oh, shoot, we are. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, anyway. Greg, all right, well, it was God. Oh, let's see. Ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. Would God Come on, y'all somebody admit be saved and then story. unsave them? All right, so you got it. Would uh, uh, God chose you. He will keep you. He'll work in your life uh, and until the until the end to make you more like Christ. Great. Well, let's read the scripture to back that up. How about Romans 8, 28 through 30? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called and he call and those he called, he also justified those he justified. He also glorified. Ephesians 1, 11 through 12. Feel free to cut in anywhere, Brig. Uh, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. See, and you also have to think about something here with that. That verse always raises questions for people who think that salvation has to be earned you can lose it this and that yeah. and a big reason for this is and and if y'all if y'all believe this i honestly want some feedback sure. send us a message uh facebook is honestly the Please best way to reach let us, us know because Stuart and i both are able to comment on that when you yeah. when you you know send us a message on facebook the texans take um also don't forget to you know follow and like all of our annoying videos you know (sighs) but uh the big thing here is a lot of people religiously honestly that's that's a good way of looking at it religiously uh, believe in free will sure um myself personally and i think Stuart agrees here is adam and eve were the only ones that actually had free will yeah, they they were the only know. ones. Yeah. yeah, kind of. They were the only ones that I'm had really a, sure an aspect. That, but maybe yeah, keep going. Keep yeah, going. they're the only ones that had an aspect of that because God did give them that option. And after that, once sin entered the world, that's yeah. that's a point where free will no longer really existed. Yeah, and so that's true. With that's true. that being yeah. the end of free will, you have to know that what God gives you, He gives you. That's right. It's not a matter of like I can choose. I can. This is not a bag of trail mix. Yeah, you know you can't pick and choose God. 
God chooses you. Um, and this is where a lot of, you know, uh, mostly, mostly like people that I, I know that are Baptist have, do have a problem with this and I love them. That's fine. You know, they, they do disagree with me on this, but yeah. a lot of people think that predestination is not, is not the way that God works. I kind of think the Bible actually backs this up. Now, that being said, if God predestines you to be his, does that not guarantee your salvation? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. So that's called an assurance of salvation. Right. And so John, both John, John, and I I think specifically John, I think talks about, you'll know your assurance of salvation through prayer and supplication. Yeah. So that right there is if you are predestined, which because if you're predestined to be gods, you're praying to him, which means you're predestined to be gods. If you're actually actively praying for your will to be his, then you do know your assurance of salvation because you're predestined to be his. Well, that's now that's John 5, 24 says, I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. What an assurance of salvation that is. Right, right. Oh my goodness. So if you're part of God's fold, you do have an assurance of salvation. And what a great thing that is. Like what amazing thing we really are. So nine times out of 10, anytime I've had this conversation of free will with people, they just don't like the idea that, um, you know, in Matthew it says, go out to the whole world and save everybody. And then you're telling me only a certain amount of people are going to be saved. Well, that's, that's, you're kind of mission two different arguments in my opinion. Sure. You are. And we'll talk about that argument on another, on another episode, not today. But that being said, what predestination does do is lock in that salvation. It does. It locks it in. It is. It, it puts is it on God's shoulders, not exactly. yours. Exactly. And guess what? God has never done. God has never broken a promise. God has never broken a covenant. Yeah. God has never lied. So if you're going to look at, is my salvation assured? Are you part of God's fold? If you can answer that, which John in John's that verse, like, read hey, it, if you believe read it again, read it again yeah, for us. Uh, I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me, this is Jesus talking, has eternal life and will not come under judgment. So he says, anyone who hears my word, Jesus's word, and believes him, God, the Father, who sent me, Jesus, has eternal life, has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. That right there, it, that is your promise. That wow. is it. That that is it. That I is love. I love that. That is what comes as part of the covenant. Yeah. Of salvation, because salvation is technically, you know, it is a covenant between you and God. Yeah. Hey, or God is, and you is actually. This is really good too. Way. Ephesians one four says, "For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world." to be holy and blameless in his sight. Boy, that's an argument that speaks for abortion, too. Wow. Oh, yeah, my goodness. In in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Wow. Wow. Ephesians is preaching heavy, heavy stuff there. Okay. Um, So... This is suggesting um, that he chose us before the creation of the world. What does that even mean, y'all? If God, if if we choose God, 
if we choose God, if we if we if 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 we have a say in whether we're Christian or not, then please, please, you know, I mean, like from my perspective, from my perspective, it does feel like I chose God. Okay, it kind of feels like it seems like you know when somebody looks at me, they're like, Stuart, you're you're doing something See, different. See, and even you know? more so if you weren't raised in the faith. See, you and yeah, I were both yeah. raised in the faith. I kind of steered away from it, and you didn't, but mm-hmm. we were both raised in the faith. So yeah. for us, it it doesn't seem like that as much as the onlooker going right. Well, you weren't like. I have a good friend of mine. I love him to pieces, and we were we were at his house one day, and we were having this conversation about his children, and his children had come up to me and they were they were talking about the bible mm-hmm. like we were we were clearly having a good conversation and the kids were involved and they walked away and he goes i just can't wait until they you know become christians and i'm going son you've you've raised like they're 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 part of that are they not part of the family yet what what do you mean like i was really and what's funny is i kicked back because my brain of the way I've learned in the past, you know, 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, which is different than the way I grew up. See, he he was thinking the way I've grown up, yeah. which was very Baptist, non-denominational. Gotta, got, this is what messed me up, y'all. Like the whole, you can't be a Christian until you get baptized, which is what forced me to get baptized. And that was just, nothing happened. This is the funny thing about me. I can speak up. Nothing happened when I got baptized. I went into water. I came out. I was still the same little jerk that everyone knew before. Yeah. Not, literally nothing changed except I could say I got baptized. I did it out of peer pressure. Bragging rights. Yeah. I was raised in the church, but did I actually understand that connection? No. Mm-hmm. I understood that connection when I realized that me and God are synonymous in we we I have a need for that. Uh. And he needs you to fill that. And you need him to feel like there's a connection there a connection. Yeah. You know, I, I learned that when I was going through my divorce. Yeah. Like that's, that's because previous to that, God was a parachute God. I'm like, yeah, I'll pray to him now. Cause I, I need, I yeah, need, I need, I need the newest Xbox. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, that, God, and I could sure use an Xbox. Yeah. Please. I'll be good. I'll be good next week. I'll be amazing. I'll and, do all my And that's kind of the way he thought about it. And he was talking about his kids. Like they just weren't Christians. And I, Having been out of that for so long, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, wait. Oh. Oh. And I have I have a very big thing. I'm not going to insult you in your home. That's the way he yeah. believed. We were in his home. I wasn't going to say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually have not seen him outside of his home since that moment. So I haven't had that opportunity because I, I just don't. I'm not going to insult what you believe or have that conversation in your home because that's your castle. Mm-hmm. Outside of that castle, you and me are going to have that conversation if we get that opportunity. Um, I just, that's the way I believe because that's that's your home. I'm not going to intrude. But I also know that I'm good friends with this guy and we're, we're going to see each other again. Sure. It's not, this is not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that that is one of those things that kind of starts the, it seeds mm-hmm. the losing salvation. Yeah. Because if you have to ask for God to save you, you can lose it. 
Well, that's the way people look at it in a general sense is if I, if I'm the one doing the work, going back to works based religion, if I'm the one doing the work, if I'm the one that's asked God to save me, I'm the one that has to make sure that I'm still saved. Yeah. Da 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 become it becomes works based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what so, you're saying. So so in that sense, if you teach when, that you're part of a covenant yeah. and that you truly, like the Bible clearly says, you'll know your salvation. Yeah. Uh, which is something that Jesus tried to tell Nicodemus. It, the Holy Spirit comes like a thief into the night. It's not something that you can you can, you know, beg for, you can ask for. Yeah. And, that's that's the whole idea of being born again, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, you know, Nicodemus asked really, I think it was Nicodemus asked a really good question. Can I hop back into my yeah, mommy's womb yeah, that was and be born again? And it's like, what did he say? Can I jump back into mommy's belly and be born again, bear myself again? And Jesus is like, uh, yeah, no, you can't. You can't. Okay, but being born again in this sense, the Holy Spirit comes like a thief into the night. It's not that's something right. the that Holy you Sp- do. The Holy Spirit is the one that is taking you and essentially birthing you again as a new person. Okay, you're a new man now. You're somebody who is different. The second that you are saved, mm-hmm. you're a different person now. Okay, uh, the old is gone, and you know the new is here. Um, but, uh, anyway, this is, this is really good here for he chose us and him before the creation of the world. And it's like, well, it just says that he chose us before the creation of the world. So that doesn't give me an opportunity to choose him. Mm-hmm. Now that again, what does it look like? from our perspective here on earth. It looks like you found something really good and you're telling everybody about, look what I found, look what I found. And Christ puts it in that sense too. He says, you know, you know, you should be, you should be searching for wisdom. You should be searching for, for God. You should be treating him like a treasure that you don't want to lose. Okay. So he puts it, God himself puts it, you know, in the perspective of don't lose this, but Time and time again, he says that it's faith through Christ that Christ is giving you to have that. I want it. I want it. I want it. Right. You know, it's not coming from you. It's coming from Christ. And so what it is saying, how I take that is when you feel that craving for Christ, when you say, I need this and I want this, give it to me. What that is, is it's God working in you. Okay. That's what it looks like, is it looks like, it looks like you have done something different. But what it is, is it's God doing something different in In you. you. Okay. Uh, So let's let's, uh, continue on here. Uh, What or who can take believers out of the hand of the Lord? What or who can take believers out uh, out of the love of God in Jesus Christ? Okay, hold on. Read that again. Okay, okay. Oh, the whole thing? Yes. What or who can take believers out of the hand of the Lord? Okay, what? stop there. Okay. We're done. Stop. <laughs> Do the whole Bailey thing. You're done. You're done. Uh, I'm sorry. She's still uh, she's still one of my favorites on TikTok. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm fascinated 
in a, in a good way. I'm fascinated and I want to learn more about Tourette's. So, uh, I follow a lot of these people on, you know, TikTok and, and, and uh. Facebook and stuff that have Tourette's cause it's very, it's interesting to me. It just, it really piques my interest. And there's one girl on, uh, Bailey. I can't remember her last name. I'd, I'd give you a handle, but I don't know. But her, her biggest thing that I see all the time is you're done. And sadly, that's now part of my vocabulary. Whenever I'm talking to Alyssa and she's like, oh, I'm like, you're done. <laughs> you know, careful it, how it, you use it. It makes them laugh. It's funny. Yeah, no, I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I obviously it's, it's always because she but always. No, but no, keep going. No, what are you talking about? What I was saying, read it one more time just because I now. What or who to, can take believers out of the hand of the Lord? Let's talk about Job. Oh. Was Satan able to take Job away from God? No. He's the most powerful evildoer out there. Yeah, he did. Did he try with everything he had? Did he take everything from Job? Mm -hmm. And was he able to take Job away from God? No. That's interesting. Wow. For someone who can lose their salvation or people who think they can. Yeah. um, Job, I'm just saying that right there continue but yeah, that just yeah. caught me i was Can like wait our... hold up but what about job so uh so when it <laughs> says what can take uh, take us out of the love of god can our sin can our trials can death no he saved you and he will keep you we are not able to keep ourselves but the almighty god can and he promised us that he will let's back that up john 10 28 through 30 i give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Wow. That's so, y'all, this is, for, for, for all of you Christians out there, if you're not a Christian, you know, I, I hope that you'll uh, come to Christ. I hope that you will Make the choice to come to Christ, though I am saying here that it is Christ, Christ working in you. <laughs> um, so don't get all uh, don't 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 get all pious and uh, uh, egotistical here. You know, it's God working in you. Um, but this is an incredible assurance of salvation. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So if you're a Christian, okay, if you believe you're a Christian, which let's go back here and say, what what, what did it say here? Um, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come. So it's saying, it's, it's pretty simple, y'all. If you believe Christ, if you trust Christ, if you follow Christ and you follow God the Father who sent him, Christ and God are the are, are Christ and the Father are one. Then you have eternal life. You will not come to judgment. Okay, so that right there is saying, look, y'all, it's pretty simple. Do you love me? Do you follow me? Do you follow my commandments? Do you seek after me? Okay, um, do you believe in me? Am I your hope? If that is true for you, then do not worry, y'all. Do not worry. God has you, and He says. Uh, you now have eternal life. It's that simple. You now have eternal life. You shall never perish. No one will snatch you out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Boom. Oh my gosh, y'all. We need to be, we need to be meditating on this scripture here. Do you have do you have the blue letter Bible pulled up in front of you? Not pulled up in front of me, no. How 
could you get it quicker than I could? Uh, debatable. I actually don't know if I have it on this phone, so okay. you might you might be <laughs> it, able to get it. It quicker. might be quicker. Well, here we go. All right. Let me see. I'm we trying to figure out if I have it because I I have oh, it on multiple phones. I'm so dumb. I can just open another tab. <clears throat> Blue letter. I'm. I cleaned off this phone. That's the only reason that I question that. Here it is. Okay. All right. I got the blue letter. Boom. I got it. Boom. We got it at the same time. Nice. What you got? What you looking for? Look up anxious. Oh, I'm going to look up something else. And I I have a point. All righty. All righty. All right. How many times does anxious or that appear in the Bible? That is a good question. I'm going to go with uh, NKJV here. Ah, uh, seven times in the New King James Version. Okay, well, mine's only. I'm going to get you to look something else. So that's seven times you said. Seven times in the New King James Version. Look up just... worry. Worry. Because mine's, I, I, I haven't played around with it enough with the um, the iPhone version. Uh, occurs nine times in eight verses in the New King James Version. Okay. So every one of those verses probably tells you not to worry. Well, let's see. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink. Okay, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Therefore, uh, when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak. Uh, for when they arrested you and delivered you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer, what you should say. Uh, then he said to his disciples, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, about the body you put it on. That is all from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Okay, so I know a gentleman. You know a gentleman. Same gentleman. I'm going to keep names out. But I know someone who concerned themselves with the loss of salvation till the day they died. And I'm pretty sure the Bible says not to worry. Yeah, it says that a lot. Actually, let's look at that anxious. That was a really good one. Because I, I think it'll also say do not be anxious many times. So. Uh, but this gentleman was probably one of, uh, honestly, when I would say the the, the best um, people Do not be anxious about them. Therefore, my anxious thoughts make me answer because of the turmoil within me. So if you're anxious, you have turmoil. Uh, Which is, you know, you're worrying about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spread out to the river and will not fear when heat comes, but his leaf will be green and will not be anxious. So this is talking Jeremiah 17, 8. I don't have the context there. I might look that in a second. But it's it's saying, if this man shall not be anxious. And the king said to him, I have a dream in my spirit. It is anxious. Okay, so this is uh, a dream that uh, the king had. Um. Luke uh, says, if you are then not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Uh, and do not seek what you should eat or drink, nor have an anxious mind. So he's saying, don't be anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything be by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. So every every time it says anxious, it's kind of like 
a negative thing. It is. And, it's a and, negative thing. And that's really what I'm getting at. So we have, I have someone that I know, and like I said, you know, that he's no longer with us, but till the day he passed away, I'm 100% certain, because obviously the last little bit I, I wasn't around for. Sure. But he was worried about that, that he yeah. had lost his salvation along the way, or that he might lose his salvation. Mm-hmm. And this always blew my mind. Yeah, because he he was upright in every way that I could say he you could be upright. Mm-hmm. It always threw me off that he was so concerned about losing his salvation, and I had I had verses. Me and him talked about it many times, and I I could not get through to him using this type of conversation. But one thing I can say is he was always anxious and he was always worried, which the Bible tells you at least. Nine times not to worry and seven times not to be anxious. Yeah. And and he was always in that state that he might not get to heaven because he'd lost his salvation by doing something wrong. Yeah. Uh, and there's something to be said for that. You know, for him, uh, I'm not saying that if you worry all the time that, you know, you must not be Christian. Uh, I know several Christians that worry all the time. It's called a sin, <laughs> Included y'all. me. It's called a sin, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it, okay. it, it is. And what we're saying is that if you are a Christian, then God will not hold that sin against you. Right. But in the Beatitudes, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So if you worry, that is often, that's that's that that's synonymous with poor in spirit. If you're poor in spirit, you know, you know you're always down, you're always anxious, you're mm-hmm. always worried. Uh, Peter was poor in spirit. Very. Okay. He was always like, you know, he got down on the water and he was like walking on the water with Jesus. And still worried about it. And he's still worried about it. And that's why he started sinking. And Jesus is like, okay, yeah, well, you know, I saw that one coming. You know, <laughs> um, but what does it say? Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So he's saying, yeah, you might be poor in spirit, but if you are mine, Yours is the kingdom of heaven. You get to come to heaven too, y'all. So if you if you do if you do anxious and worried all the time and you're concerned about your salvation, um, remember that verse: "Blessed are the poor in spirit." And reach out to us. Send us yeah, a message. Absolutely. We would we would honestly love to have this conversation one on one. And like I said, uh, the best way to reach us is on Facebook because Stuart and I we we both are able to respond. Um, yeah. um, to that. So, I mean, if, if you want, you can get both of our takes on it. I know we have a couple people that, that hit us up on Facebook and, and it's a good way to get that conversation going. Yeah. Uh, so this is some more, unfortunately, I don't think we have much time here. I, I want to give y'all two more verses here and it just, it's crazy how the more and more verses you read here, that just the more and more power I'm feeling here in the I know, word of it's, God. It's amazing how powerful the word of God is when you read it and it sends. I've got goosebumps on my arms right now. I'm kidding you not. Um, but l- listen to this. Romans 8, 37 through 39. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's powerful. We are more than conquerors through him who who loved us. So through Christ and conquerors, we are by the more way, than conquerors. We should talk about those are the people that went and took over other yeah. countries. We're, we're, we're better than soldiers that. that went and took over other countries. We're better than that in Christ. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, 
neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh my goodness, y'all. So think about it this way. If you're worried about your salvation, if you're like, oh, I don't know what I did. I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I, you know, if that sin that I did, if this, that, or the other, uh, Briggs pointed at the time because he's aware like I am that we're almost out of time, but I'll be really quick here. Um, you know, if he is, uh, if you're worried about your salvation, think about it this way. What's the worst sin that you can commit? What's the, just like, you know, how bad can it get? There's so many people that are just like, that sin was too bad for God to save, and I am worried about my salvation. What does it say here? I am convinced neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither. Okay, these are all things that are more powerful than you. These are all things that are more powerful than you, okay? Death and life, angels, demons, future, present, powers, height, depth, anything in creation. A lot of these things are way more powerful than me, but none of those things that are way more powerful than me can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ our Lord. God has you. Okay, even God is more powerful than you and your anxious doubts. Feast on that. You got to feast on that. We're going to take a break here. We'll be right back to finish up. All right, we are All back. All right, we're back. So, Brig. I know that you weren't convinced before, but do you think you can? Sours are still not better than no. Oh, oh, where we? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> well, that kind of revealed what we were talking about in the break time. Just kidding. Actually, we weren't talking about that. That was good though. <laughs> that was a <laughs> was total really William good. thing. <laughs> I actually, believe it or not, I, I, I had a sour I that I liked do the it. other day. Did you go Dude, to Black now- Mountain Brewery? And try their key lime pie sour. Let's go together. I'm down. Let's do it. I will bring the woman, and we will both have one Let's with do you. It. It'd be great. I am I am down for this because... What I are you have... doing tomorrow after seven or so? Probably nothing. nothing. If you want to meet us. Yeah. We've, got, we've got the um, family night supper at church, and I'll... We'll talk. We'll talk more about this. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk I'm... more about this. I don't want to make plans that my wife doesn't doesn't okay, but um, uh, without talking to her ahead of time. But yeah, especially if you're planning on bringing her. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, um, she'll listen to this, you know, before tomorrow night, and she'll be like, uh, <laughs> "Ha, the plans!" And she's gonna call me out when I get home, and I'm gonna be like, "Wait, what?" Oh, yeah. I forget. Anyway, um, but uh, yes, so basically all this to say, I don't believe you can lose your salvation. And I'm not saying that just because Brig told me. I'm not saying that because uh, my pastor told me. I believe that from the scripture that is before me. Um, And, you know, it's, I think it's, I think it's pretty clear here. 
Is it not? Now, I'm not you guys. You guys are not me. You do not want to be, be me, trust me. But uh, what's your thoughts? What's your opinions on this? You know, I mean, obviously I'm convinced, but I was kind of convinced before, if I may be so honest. Um, but, you know, um, give me some scripture, you know, help, help me out here. Now, again, we don't have all day to talk about this. So what I did not do, which I would have loved to do, but what I did not do is tell you, show you all the verses, you know, that suggest that you can lose your salvation. And I would love to do that. We might cover that on another podcast. Yeah, but we, we don't can have do enough a, time tonight. We can do an, another podcast maybe a couple weeks from now on um, the, the the same topic, but yeah. other side of the argument. And also, let us know. Is that something you really want to hear? I don't know. But um, uh, anyway, it seems to me that that's what this is saying. You can't lose your salvation. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, but we would love to hear a differing opinion. And we'd love to talk about it. And yeah, man. and and we might talk about I, what I will way. also say is, and I'm being presumptuous here, mm -hmm. but if this is something that you actually would like to visit about, we would love to have a guest on the podcast oh, that'd to be, be able awesome. to have this conversation. And it would be, as you said, what did you say earlier? No expectations. Yeah. Like you have yeah. no idea. We would love that because honestly, this is this is something that not only affects a Christian non-Christian relationship. This really affects. There's Christians that don't agree with this. Absolutely, like Absolutely. Christians that we all know are saved and are part of God's covenant, folks. There's Christians that don't agree on this. Oh yeah, and when and I so, say Christian, I don't. And when we say Christian, we don't mean like you know like. The world's definition of Christian. We don't mean like the claimant. That, yeah, we, we're talking about people who I believe are actually there born are again. Fruits. We will see them in heaven, Christians. Like you know, I believe that some of them that that you know they believe that you can lose your salvation. Um, a, a dear friend of ours, um, Ron Kohler. Uh, d what's that? Uh, anyway, um, we had a good friend. Uh, Ron Kohler. Well, I guess I can say it now. You know that's who I was talking is about. Is that who you were talking about? Yes. That's what that silence is for. I was like, what did I say? Oh, I guess I'm sorry. I didn't name a name. Yeah, but, you um, did now. I mean, I, it's out. Ron Kohler is in heaven, y'all. I, I believe. That's I mean, why I said he's passed. You knew him. I knew if him. If it comes to chances, y'all, if it comes to chances, he's he's got a higher chance than I do. I believe it. I mean, um, the man, that's what I'm fortunately, saying. Fortunately, I don't believe in every day here. until he passed. But he did. He he, would I not didn't know be. that's who you were talking yes, about. Yes, that's who I was talking about. Ron Kohler is the sweetest guy. I just love him so much. He and, had he, he did, had this. You know, he, he preached to everybody. I've been at restaurants with this man where he just evangelized the waitress until she was like, you know, this is, let this me is, give you my number. This yeah, is something I, I want need to know to, more. Yeah, and I'm sitting here going, dude. I want to be like that. How do you? What? God bless you, man. I'm, you I'm, are you are God's you God's you and God's the sword man, right here. The You're man worried. Deep. The man worried until I am I am I'm convinced he worried till the day he passed yeah. that he was not going to go to heaven because he might have lost his salvation along the way. Yeah. Now, mind you, Kohler did come from the Catholic faith. He did. He did. He used to be. So a Catholic. this is this is still something that lingered with him. Yeah. 
But what I'm saying is it's also something in the Episcopal faith, which he was part of after the Catholic mm-hmm. faith. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it carried with him. And so, yeah, that's that's who I was talking about. Okay, okay. Well, go. God bless Ron Kohler. And um, I fully believe that Ron Kohler is enjoying salvation with Christ right now. I do too. And um, no and, questions. You know, like you said, he did. He did wonder whether he was saved or not his whole life. And you know what I'm saying for y'all is, if you believe that you know once saved, always saved, it's called an assurance of salvation for a reason. It doesn't say. You are saved. It says you have an assurance. It's it's like, you know, um, it's like when if you don't know that you're going to have a birthday party or not, you're not quite sure if you're going to have a birthday party. Like, you know, you hope everybody's going to throw you a surprise party, but you're not sure. And you see that happy birthday balloon walking through your front door. It's like, ah, chances are I'm going to have a party here. Yep. You know, Eeyore would still say, Somebody might bought himself another... a balloon. No, no, it's might have bought him a balloon. You know, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Somebody bought a balloon. Probably not for me. Probably gonna ring today. But anyway, y'all, it's just like you know. <laughs> I used God's... to do a better Eeyore, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I'm saying is, it's for us, y'all. It's for us to have cheer and to have joy. Good oh, Christian oh, men yeah. rejoice. You know, um, and it really does making it makes the life of a Christian so much more enjoyable, not worrying. Well, it's like if you're constantly it's like if you're constantly worried about whether you'll get your paycheck tomorrow right? or on payday. It's like you work salary, but you're always worried that that money just won't go through. It's just not going to be there. Okay, you know, that's like, dude, do you have any? proof that it won't be there i mean why are you worrying about Has this it not been there for before? 10 years it's always been there but you know you're worrying why 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 do you do that to yourself it's okay it's foolish it, it, it really is um but it's an assurance it's like saying you know it will be there and you know it's going to be there you have every reason to believe that it's going to be there and god's love for you is the same way you know if you believe that you're a christian if you if you look through scripture and in everywhere you know everywhere that Jesus you know tells you how you know you're a Christian you believe in God like it said before I mean let me read that one more time because um, it's so powerful um, anyone the who hears John my verse, word yeah. and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment but has passed from so death powerful. to life y'all if you believe that have confidence okay have confidence have faith. And have a joyful life knowing you're saved. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I think we are completely and totally out of time for today, but we've, I just want to end out of time for I just want to end on one more verse here. First Peter one, four through five. To an inheritance, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Wow. Uh, you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, ready to be revealed in the last time. So this is like, this is like saying, you know, God's got a blanket over your salvation. Okay. You can't see it exactly, but he's showing you that it's there. It's like, 
It's here. I'm not showing it to you, but it's here. It's right under this blanket. All I have to do is pull the blanket away. And you are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You know it's there. God's promising you that it's there. But it's just like Christmas, y'all. It's okay. That's a good analogy. We all, you know, when Christmas comes, you're like, you know, presents, presents, presents. Yay, yay, yay. And when you're really little, you're like, Mom, I want my present now. I want my present now. Do I have presents? Your mom's like, yeah, but I ain't going to show them to you. You got to wait. And this is God saying, yes, your present is here. Your salvation is here. It's ready for you. But you got to wait. I'll reveal it in the last time. It'll be there. Trust me. Have I ever let you down before? I'm God. You're not. Right. So with that, oh my goodness, we are out of time, y'all. Uh, so Brick, would you, would you pray for us, brother? Absolutely. So Lord, first off, I have to thank all of you for all of our listeners. We have a wonderful, it's, it's, it's hard to fathom what you've done because at the beginning of this podcast, honestly, my vision was of grandeur. And I did not see how it was going to honestly go forth. But currently we're in 15 different countries um, of people that are actually listening to our podcast. And I can't thank you enough for that. I would love for every inch of the world to be able to listen to our podcast. And I know that's all in your time the way you would see it to be. And I would ask that you give all of our listeners... All of the Christians, honestly, all of the Christians in this world, that assurance of salvation that John speaks of, um, because I, I think it's heavily questioned, and I, th- I think a lot of people worry. A lot of people are anxious about that. And I ask that you would just give them that reassurance. You would give them that peace of mind, and that you would guide, guard, and protect us as we go throughout our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. That? Well, with that... Adios. Adios.